What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three tavern drunkards with nothing better to do. I'm Austin Terry, the level two ranger. I'm Matt Johnson, the level two bard. And I'm Keith Baker, the level two rogue. And we have a special guest today. Please welcome the one and only Dungeon Master Nick from the Very Good Adventuring Team. Thanks for having me. On today's show, Nick will be taking us through our very first game of Dungeons & Dragons. But first, Matt, how was WandaVision this week? WandaVision was good, man. We were ready for it. I know you guys were down, a little bit down, on the, not too down, but a little bit down on the first couple episodes. I was high on it and just having a fun time, but I think all of us were pleasantly surprised with a new episode. We got a perfect balance of that fun sitcom with this mystery that we're super excited about. So go check that out. And of course, each and every episode of WandaVision drops on a Friday, so expect our reviews to come out every Sunday. Awesome. Be sure to check that out. Just scroll back on your podcast feed a little bit. Speaking of WandaVision, I, you know, I I can't relate to having a pregnancy that happens over the course of like 30 minutes, but I want to know from you guys. Austin, if you got your wife pregnant and then 30 minutes later you had twins, I want to know how you would react. And also, would you name one of them Matt? I definitely would not name one of them Matt, but maybe I'd give him the middle name Arnie. (laughs) Okay. I'll take that as a win. I'll take that as a win. Maybe Arnold to sound a bit more distinguished, but then we just call them Arnie. And by we, I mean only me and Keith. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to turn things over to Nick, who has prepared a fun entry-level campaign for the three of us to run through. Nick will explain his table rules, and then we'll meet the characters that the three of us will be playing as today. Nick, before we roll the music, why don't you tell me one thing you would want any first-time players to know about D&D? I think the best thing to understand as you go into Dungeons & Dragons is there's no way to do it wrong. Uh, There are some things you can do individually in a group that make it more or less fun for you individuals in the group. But overall, I think a lot of people getting into it have... uh, They have different expectations based on what they've seen or read or heard, you know, I can tell you right off the bat, there's no devil worshiping unless you want to. So that's all very consensual. Probably, especially for the podcasting crowd, the thing that you're going to be most concerned with is the folks that have done a show like ours or like Critical Role. Uh, not that I can really compare the two, but they're sort of in the same category. Um, a lot of people walk into this expecting that they're going to have a super crazy imagination and to do a lot of really crazy voice acting and all the rest of it. And the point is just to enjoy yourself and have fun. So just keep that in mind as we play. There's there's no real expectations other than you enjoy yourself. All right. Well, we are excited. Guys, I don't know about you, but I, for one, am now hoping for some consensual devil worshiping. Let's get into it. I gotta say, as for the devil worshiping, I'm obviously a first timer, a bit new to this, but very open and willing to learn. So let's get into it. Alright guys, as mentioned, my name is Nick, and I am the Dungeon Master for a podcast called The Very Good Adventuring Team. That podcast is a lot like what we're going to do here tonight, where we play the game, record it, and release it as podcast episodes. A couple things to lay down first, I do have some general table rules. Most DMs will have something like this, so I'll just read out what I've got for you guys. I don't tolerate racism, sexism, or any weird gender stuff, no torture, and just in general, no being nasty to each other. I'm always open to criticism or alternate rules or interpretations of rules and shenanigans. However, as the DM, and this should be true for pretty much any table, my word is law. When it comes to the rule books, even if it contradicts what I say goes, 
I do want you to keep in mind, though, that the reason that rule exists is because I'm trying to make the game as fun and as fair and as equitable as possible. Finally, I want all of you to remember that you are on the same team. Uh, your characters like each other, your characters trust each other, and if you're about to start a sentence with, but it's what my character would do, you're probably heading down an unpleasant path. <laughs> I like it. So the general gist of Dungeons & Dragons, or any RPG like this, is pretty simple. Um, I'm going to describe a scene, you're going to tell me what you want to do in that scene, we'll determine how that plays out, either just by kind of letting things go, or by rolling some dice, and then I describe the results of that. The results of that are basically the new scene. You tell me what to do. The cycle just repeats until we either run out of story or run out of time or however that goes. So what can you do? You're really limited only by your imagination. Uh, you might make a stirring speech for a noble or flirt with a bartender or search a crime scene for clues. For each of these things, I'll have you roll some dice and we'll see if you're successful. For the parts that involve chance, this takes the form of rolling dice, typically a 20-sided dice or a d20 adding some kind of modifier, which is what we'll find on your character sheets, and then comparing that number with a target number, commonly referred to as a difficulty class. When we're in combat, uh, you have some special resources available to you, namely actions, bonus actions, and movement. So you can use in combat each of these resources in any order that you like, even splitting them up. So you could move 5 feet, cast Vicious Mockery, move 10 feet, attack with your sword, then move another 10 feet, uh, and you can use all, some, or none of your resources on your turn. It's totally acceptable just to be like, yeah, you know what, pass, these guys have got it, I'm just going to watch. In addition to this, there are some free actions like shouting to each other or your enemies or gesturing, uh, rudely or not, opening a door, or any other of a range of relatively mundane tasks. Finally, you have your hit points, your armor class, and your weapons. The weapons themselves are either melee, in other words, weapons that are used within five feet of each other, like spears or maces or swords. Uh, they might be ranged weapons, which are more like bows, crossbows, or a spear if you throw it. Uh, those are things that are effective at a distance, but not so much up close. So we're just doing an intro for you guys today, uh, just so you can kind of get your feet wet in D&D and see what this is all about, see what the fuss is. Uh, so we're not going to get super deep into some crazy long quest. Uh, we're just going to use the start of one. So for anybody out there that is interested in getting into Dungeons & Dragons, one of the best resources you can pick up is what's called the Starter Set. So it includes a series of adventures and quests that take you from approximately level 1 to level 5. It's very well written, and I highly encourage anyone who's curious about D&D to start there. Even if you're a DM and you've got an amazing wealth of creativity and you want to make your own world, etc., it's a really great example of how to write a really good D&D adventure as well. Uh, so like I said, we're going to be picking up in a one of the pre-built adventures, The Lost Mine of Fandelver. We're just going to kind of go through the introductory scene. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I'd like each of you to introduce your character to the rest of us. Matt, I think I'd love it if you went first today. Austin, thank you for the introduction. And I want to make sure I use your name, Austin, because going forward, I will not be using that name. You are no longer Austin. <laughs> we'll meet you in a minute because I... We'll be playing as a tiefling named Brief Barga, not based on anybody. Um, so whatever I read going forward, totally original. I did not come up with this really quickly just by picking a character from Star Wars. I hail from the village of Stavaro. I'm a former bounty hunter and someone who wanderers can come to for work and bounties. After doing that for several years, my reputation caught up to me, and clients started to catch on that maybe I wasn't being totally honest about the legitimacy of certain bounties. Um, and perhaps my main goal the whole time was to have past clients take each other out just to maintain business. Classic scenario. 
Luckily, fate worked its magic, and a rogue bounty hunter made enemies of a powerful gangster, Instaparo. The gangster had the rest of the active bounty hunters go after the rogue hunter, and they all died in the process. Kind of left me as really the only person with any kind of power in Stavaro. So, as a de facto sheriff, I made an effort to be better and leave my dark deeds and bounty hunting business days behind. And after a couple of years, you know, Stavaro has really rebuilt itself, and I have a lot of help when it comes to management and all that. So, you know, I'm kind of at a point where I have a lot of time on my hands and I'm just ready for another adventure. Um, also, you know, just a little some quick hits. I'm skilled with a bow. I'm not bragging. But, you know, I, I like to use a bow every now and then. I have some powerful arcane magic abilities, and some might lean towards the dark side. I don't know. So we'll get into a little bit more later, but that's me. Brief, it's just lovely to meet you. Um, of course, I'm typically known as Austin, but today I will be Spruce Payne. Wow. Um, I am a half-human, half-elf, and I hail from the village of Hotham. Still just a village. One day we're hoping to become the city of Hotham, but we haven't gotten there quite yet. Uh, my dream in my humble village was to uh, be an illustrator for the message boards. I had a whole story created about a masked vigilante who patrolled our town at night and, uh, you know, fought some criminals. I was so excited to draw it for the town. Unfortunately, the man that controlled the message board industry couldn't really see the need for stories and refused to give up space on the boards. Becoming inspired by my own ideas, I decided to make my own mask and dedicated my life to ridding the village of corruption. Unfortunately for me, in a village of 30 or so people, it only takes about a week and a half to clean up the town. So, my mission now complete, I travel the realm looking for work as a monster hunter. I'm skilled with a sword and have limited magical abilities. My name is Keith, but I will be playing as Sandal the Goblin. I hail from the village of Toss Disley, also not based on anything from Star Wars. <laughs> I come from humble beginnings, <laughs> working at the local village market, bagging purchases and stocking the fruits and vegetables from the nearby farms. I had always wanted to do something more meaningful with my life, but goblins were kind of looked down upon in my village, as it was majority elves. As my adolescence was just nearing the end, a war broke out between my village and the neighboring, neighboring village of Baku, also not basing anything from Star Wars which mainly consisted of giants. There wasn't nearly enough elves in the town to enlist, so one of the officers took a chance on me and signed me up for a field technician. From there, I was on the front lines. The land between the raging villages was a dangerous and dense forest. I had to survive out there with the elves every day, building catapults and booby traps to kill the giants. I also became very skilled with a slingshot. The war lasted almost two years, then I returned home a battle-hardened veteran. I was the only goblin to have served, and I am now well-respected by the elves. I now sell huts in the village, but now I'm looking to come out of retirement, as civilian life is far too tame for me. I want to put my skills I learned to good use. Well, good news for you, Sandal. I've been looking for a sidekick, and you sound like the man for the job. I accept. <laughs> wow, that was quick. I like it. I love <laughs> nice it. and easy, man. That's, that's some... Uh... Uh, improv theater right there. Just say yes right away. <laughs> not much of an and there. Not much of an and. Just, yeah, sure. <laughs> he, he's so into it, he didn't even bother with the and. Just yes. <laughs> yeah. Sandal is a goblin rogue, uh, level two with the soldier background. Brief Bargo, we can see that you are a level two bard. And then uh, for Spruce, the half-elf, we went with the ranger. So... Don't worry too much about the mechanical things that are going on. Don't worry about which dice you're going to roll or which modifier to add. 
What I want you guys to keep in mind for your first time through here is just, I'll tell you what's happening, you tell me how you react to it, and then I'll tell you how we resolve that. So just be in the moment. Don't worry about the dice and the mechanics. Don't worry about min-maxing or all the rest of that stuff. That can all come later. Be in the scene, do the thing, and we'll, we'll do our best to enjoy it. In the city of Neverwinter, there is a dwarf named Gundren Rockseeker, and Gundren has asked you to bring a wagon load of provisions to the rough-and-tumble settlement of Phandalin. It's a couple days' travel southeast of the city. Gundren was clearly excited and more than a little secretive about his reasons for the trip, saying only that he and his brothers had found something big, and that he'd pay you ten gold pieces each for escorting his supplies safely to Barthen's Provisions, a trading post in Phandalin. He then set out ahead of you on horse, along with a warrior escort named Sildar Hallwinter, claiming that he needed to arrive early to take care of business. The three of you have spent the last few days on the high road south from Neverwinter, and you've just recently veered east along the Tribor Trail. You've encountered no trouble so far, but this territory can be dangerous. Bandits and outlaws have been known to lurk along this trail. So you guys have already walked us through who your characters are. Take a moment and just tell me, how do you guys think you know each other? Well, Sandal, of course, I picked up along my journey. He's now my sidekick. Um, So Sandal and I have been traveling together for a while, and I feel like we may have met Brief in a tavern along the way. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too, because I like like the idea of my character really uh, just has time on his hands. doesn't really know fully what to do with it so yeah i think we kind of like maybe met at a tavern you guys seem pretty cool and uh i don't know maybe it was whatever we were drinking that kind of got me maybe more interested in it than i actually was but i was like you know what let's go on this adventure let's, let's take these rocks and let's get those 10 gold coins it sounds good to me I know, I think we had a few too many glasses of mead that night, mm. but uh, you, might, you might have blacked out, so... And I will say, the first day of our journey, I wasn't, I was like, ugh, I'm not digging this, but I've come, I'm come, I'm come back around, so I'm enjoying myself. This was, this was the right call for me. This is a good use of Brief's time. So, how do you guys think you know Gundren Rockseeker? Now, typically one of the adventure hooks that comes in this first one is that uh, it's a cousin. You could have Gundren as a cousin. Maybe this is somebody you did business with in the past. What do you think? I th- I think maybe in our in our night of mead, uh, Brief may have made the introduction. Oh, they were at the tavern, and you knew him as a former business business associate. Well, that's that's yeah, that's what I say. But I feel like maybe behind my back, maybe it's he doesn't view it as such a positive thing. It might be one of those things like at the bar again, maybe I had a little bit too much to drink and it's like, I'm introducing you guys to this person I think is a friend, but then they're kind of like rolling their eyes. Like they tolerate me, but they're not a huge fan. I think maybe that's (laughs) the scenario we're looking at here. And that's how you guys got involved. So as you guys are strolling your way on down this, uh, this trail, uh, it's the three of you and a wagon full of supplies. How do you guys think you're traveling? Are you guys riding in the wagon? Are you walking next to it? What do you think? Oh, as a goblin, I'm used to walking on my feet, so I'm not riding a horse or riding in the wagon. I prefer getting, keeping my uh, myself strong by doing my own walking. I'm definitely in the wagon. I think I might be on a horse, uh, the spruce mobile, if you will. Nice. Mm. That's nice. 
Sandal is walking, uh, I guess, slightly behind us because I don't think he can keep up with a horse. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Maybe we should put you on something there, Sandal, <laughs> or else I don't know if that makes too much sense. <laughs> I, I walk ahead and scout out. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm usually like a mile or two ahead and I'm scouting out the area. Then I kind of walk back to you guys to meet up. We're not in a rush, by the way. You know, the way we're not going too fast or anything. So I, I, I think that works. That works. So you guys have been on the Tribor Trail for probably like half a day. And uh, Sandals come back to the group. You guys have been chatting and traveling together. It's about midday. Nice, uh, warm summer day. You're just, just kind of feeling those clouds and how nice it is to just be alive and like nothing bad ever happens. And uh, as you come around a bend, you spot two dead horses sprawled about 50 feet ahead of you, blocking the path. Each of these horses has several black feathered arrows sticking out of it. The woods kind of press close to the trail here, and there's a steep, uh, steep embankment on each side with dense thickets. Uh, you can see this all about 50 feet ahead of you. What would you like to do? So the horses are fully blocking the road right now? Like it's that narrow? Yes, it's definitely pretty narrow here, so Sandal would be able to get up there and walk through. Uh, you might even be able to jump your, uh, your spruce mobile over it, uh, but you're certainly not getting a wagon past this. Sand Sandal's been the one taking the risk going ahead, so so I'll take the spruce mobile and, and I'll try and jump these horses. Uh, I'm going to examine the arrows that are in these horses and make sure that they're not coming from some village or tribe that I know of. The smart sidekick right there. <laughs> well, okay. If you're if <laughs> if Spruce and his mobile is just gonna jump them, I guess I guess I need to get out of the wagon and move them <laughs> or, or try. I might need I might need one of you guys to help me. because I mean we gotta get I'll the wagon. We gotta get the them. wagon through. And I don't think I'm strong yeah. enough to move a horse by myself. What I'm gonna have you guys each do is I'm gonna have you roll me a perception roll. So I see a thirteen, a nine, and a twelve from all of you. So one of the fun things that I like to do in my game is I like to let my uh, players name things that they're encountering. So starting in the order that we've got there, Spruce, I'm going to have you give me a name. Any old name you want. Frank. Mm, Reginald. Sinbad. <laughs> and Spruce, you get the joy of naming one extra one. Grant. As you guys approach these horses from your uh, various states of composure, either on foot or horseback, and you're getting close to them, you're maybe about 15, 20 feet away. You're getting right to that point where the road is narrowed by the trees that are on either side. And you hear a rustling in the, uh, the woods on either side of you. Regrettably, with the rolls that you gave me earlier, the 13, the 9, and the 12, they were not perceptive enough the goblin ambush that was waiting for you by these dead horses was well just a little too sneaky for you so we're entering combat now we're going to do our very very first combat what's going to happen here is you guys are going to be what's called surprised for the very first round there's a path going down the center you have thick dense woods on either side that get real close to the path where you're at your wagon is behind you. You've stepped off, moved forward to investigate these uh, horses with a bunch of arrows sticking out of them. And now, more arrows, these ones in the air, are starting to come at you. From the left side of the road, Grant is going to fire an arrow at Spruce. And I'm going to roll to see if they hit you. So this goblin from the woods rolled an 11 to try and attack. 
And Spruce, what you're going to compare that to is your armor class. Should be top center of your character sheet. So I'm a 13. Nice try, Grant. (laughs) So Grant fires an arrow, and you see it just in time, and you're able to turn your shoulder, and that arrow zings past you. Brief, same thing for you. Now, from the right side of the road, you see Sinbad. (laughs) But Sinbad's going to fire a short bow as well, and they're going to fire it at Brief. Uh, This time it was an 18. So, uh, Brief, what's your armor class? 12. Regrettably, you are going to take five piercing damage. Brief! Reginald is a screaming little dwarf that comes running out from the left side of the road, and they are going to run up to Sandal with a dirty, rusty old scimitar, and they're going to try and take as much of you out with it as they can. Oh, no. This goblin, Reginald, uh, rolled a one, and so they missed. So they came running towards you, and there just happened to be this uh, little rock sticking out of the road, and they trip over that. They don't get anywhere even close to you. And then Frank rolls out of the right side of the road. They're going to also try and do this scimitar attack. And that's going to be a 10, so I'm going to guess that misses your armor class. Armor class 14. Perfect. So there you go. You guys have just experienced your first round of D&D combat. I'm just laying on the ground next to the horse, bleeding out. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll start up our second round of combat. It goes to the top of the order again, this time with Grant. Grant is going to, from off in the trees, fire their bow again at Spruce. And they rolled a six this time. They're so irritated with themselves for missing you the first time, they just shoot wild into the right. And now, Spruce, for your very first chance in combat, you get to decide what you're going to do. I think I'm going to bust out my longbow and try to shoot him back. The goblin that's close to uh, Brief, is he is he in danger of, of attacking Brief again? Uh, yeah, you're pretty sure they're going to keep on going. Uh, and that, So you've got Sinbad and uh, <laughs> Reginald are the two that are right up by your buddy there. Okay. Um, I, I think I'll have to go after Sinbad. I, I got to get one of them at least off of my friend Brief. Perfect. And looks like I rolled an 18. Yes, you did. 18 versus their armor class is a hit. You have done six piercing damage. Your arrow flies out and strikes true in the woods. You hear a yelp. The goblin is still standing, but just barely. I love it. I love this. Uh, did you want to do any movements on your turn or anything else? Uh, can I move towards Brief? Maybe next turn I'll attempt to cast a healing spell. You certainly can. I'd be honored. <laughs> brief, you've got a big slash across you here. You're uh, uh, probably not bleeding out, but man, that, that definitely stung. What would you like to do on your turn? So I kinda, I'm kind of liking where Spruce's head was at, and I was kind of thinking since... I'm a bit damaged right now, not feeling too hot. I might have to go for maybe what could be the easier move here and maybe try and whip out my dagger and go for Reginald since they just had their big miss on Sandal. Maybe I can kind of catch them while they're maybe out of it a little bit. Sure. 19 is a sweet, sweet hit. Yes. Reginald has taken quite a poke from you with your dagger. Uh, they are still standing, but uh, you can tell they are very unhappy with the way this day is going. <laughs> <laughs> They've had much more successful robberies. Uh, let's go down to Sinbad's turn. Uh, Sinbad is going to 
Let's see here. I think they want to attack Spruce back because you uh you really messed them up and they're fighting for their lives now. Uh, they're going to take that dirty old scimitar and slash at you. Unfortunately, that's an 11, so I don't think that's going to hit. Not a good day for Sinbad. Has there ever been a good day for Sinbad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reginald is going to take a, a slash back at brief for uh, and also retribution. That's another scimitar attack. That one's a 15. Is that going to hit you? Uh, yeah, I'm 12. Uh, that is going to be four slashing damage for you. What are you at now for hit points? All right, I'm at five. Didn't take too long, but here we are. You know, when you're at these lower levels, man, it, it it's real touch and go in combat. It's all good. We're, we're going to make it work. I, I, I'm confident. I'm confident. I got, I, got a, I got a spell coming your way pretty I'm soon. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, that's it for Reginald's turn. Sandal, tell me what you'd like to do. I'm going to go after Reginald. I'm going to take him out. Nice. I think for my first little skirmish, I'm going to have to go with my, my sling here, my slingshot here. Try to pop him in the head with that and see if that does anything to him. Uh, regrettably, a 10 is not enough to strike this goblin down. Oh, no. We're going to have to work on your training, Sandal. No sidekick of mine should be missing. <laughs> now I'm really hurting because I've gotten hit by an arrow now and slashed by a rusty uh, scimitar, but I'm still in decent spirits, so Brief is looking over at Sandal, who's a little bit frustrated. I'm just like kind of out of breath, like, how's oh, it, it was a good try? It was, it was a good try. <laughs> You know, and it's that kind of encouragement that, you know, takes you from just a band of adventurers to a real team of friends. That's what we're all about. We're all about. But again, with Brief, I think I'm feeling it a little bit more than my other two guys here. <laughs> They're almost there. <laughs> I'm a little bit ahead. A little bit ahead. Sandal and I have just been on been on the road together so long. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm used to him whipping out the slingshot for, for his first try in combat and missing. And at some point, it's just like... You, you got to go for something other than the slingshot. It's just not working out for you. I think my slingshot days are, yeah, you know, get going behind me now. I got to start <laughs> working on my other, my other weapons here. <laughs> just never use it ever again. <laughs> uh, moving down the turn order here to Frank. Uh, Frank is going to fire a short bow. They're going to fire it at Spruce. Uh, and that is going to be a 19, which should hit you. Ooh. Yeah. You're going to take six damage. Back to Grant. Grant was also firing a bow. Grant's going to fire at uh, Sandal. Ready for it. You were really ready for it. With a nine, you uh, you deftly step out of the way of that arrow. Perfect. Perfect. That's right. And Spruce, it's over to you. I'm going to attempt to cast a healing spell at Brief. Very good. Uh, so it looks like I rolled a seven. Ooh. All right, Brief. Enjoy seven more hit points. Gosh, thank you so much, Bruce. Just uh, repay me by uh, taking Grant out of the game. Oh, don't worry. Me twice now. I've got plans, too. Very good. Brief, it's now your turn to, to take that revenge, should you decide. All right. Well, feeling rejuvenated, my thought here is that we still have four people up, so I need to try and do as much damage to as many as possible. And I'm looking at the spells and Thunder Wave... Each creature in a 15-foot cube. So would that hit multiple people? Yeah, so I think with where we're at right now, so this is the fun part about the theater of the mind, is that you get a little fast and loose with some of these dimensions. Reginald and Sinbad have come up and have been doing more closer uh, attacks yeah. with you guys. They're within melee range. And then uh, there's Grant and Frank. 
What I'm going to say loosely here is I think you can hit three of these guys, but not all four. And I'll give you your choice. Do you want to mess up Grant or do you want to mess up Frank? Definitely Grant, because I do want to pay, I want to pay back um, Spruce a little bit for helping me out. Right so on. prioritize Grant. A wave of thunderous force sweeps out from you, and the spell emits a thunderous boom audible out to 300 feet. All of these goblins that are within the range of this spell have to roll a 13 or higher to not be really messed up by your thunder wave. If they roll a 12 or below, they get really messed up. Okay. Grant, oh man, I'm so sorry to tell you, Grant is, uh, he's super constituted today. Uh, he rolled a critical success with a 20. Whoa. Reginald rolled a four. Not such a great day for Reginald either. Okay, okay. Bye, Reggie. And Sinbad also saved uh, on their, that's what uh, the term for it, by the way, is if you make the saving throw, that means you you did the right number or rolled the right number. Mm Unfortunately for both Reginald and Sinbad, that means that they still take the four damage and both of them had one hit point left. So you blow these two uh, goblins away and they ragdoll up the road a little bit. I love watching it. Myself and Sandal react by just going, wow. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Brief. Thanks, guys. You have two goblins that are remaining. Uh, Grant is damaged here, and Frank is still around. Nobody's hit Frank yet. Um, One other thing for you guys. uh, This is just a a thing that I do. It's not really standard D&D rules. Is... Uh, as you're looking at your enemies, you'll kind of have a general visual picture. You know, I'm never going to be able to tell you, like, they had seven hit points and now they have three left. Um, what I'm more going to tell you guys is a general description, which I use two different words for. One is bloodied and the other one is wrecked. If they are bloodied, that means you've got about half of their hit points gone. If they're wrecked, they have about 10% or less of their hit points. I can tell you that Grant is bloodied and Reginald is not. So we'll move down to Sandal. Sandal, where are you at? I am pissed off. <laughs> I'm pissed off at Frank. I'm, you know, we're we're both goblins, so I'm not really digging this whole goblin on goblin war we're going that's going on. I don't here. like it either. You know, I'm loyal to my my friends, even though we're from different races, and I'm gonna have to take this guy out. So I might have to use my dagger on him and put my slingshot away for the time being mm-hmm. <laughs> and go with the dagger. All right, so you rolled a 12 with your dagger. You you run over by Frank and try and give him a stab and sees you coming and turns just at the right time and deflects off of his crappy little goblin armor. No. Sandal, we're going to be hitting the bags tonight. We're going to be doing lots of training when we get out of this battle. (laughs) Well, you know, the war war messed up my rotator cuff and things are just damaged. and (laughs) That's why I can't shoot my sling as, as well as I used to and... And then you hear uh, Brief down in his little uh, crouch position. He's like yelling because you're kind of far away up on that ridge and you just hear him go, Sandal, I know your rotator cuff is injured, but that was a great swing. You'll get him next time. All right. Frank is is uh, really dismayed by this uh, dagger coming at them and they're, they're going to go for some retribution on you here. They're scimitar. Uh, they roll an 18, which I think exceeds your armor class. Yes, it does. All right. I'm going to have you, unfortunately, take eight slashing damage. Oh. So, starting off, round four of combat. Grant is at the top of the order here. Grant is going to fire another arrow, and Grant, they're going to fire it at Spruce. 
That looks like a 15, Spruce. I can't remember if that hits your armor class. Guys, let's just say that uh, I'm wrecked at the moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Spruce, you do get to take an action in Retribution, though. What would you like to do? You know, I, I am bleeding quite a bit right now, but I got I to gotta be a good example to my sidekick. So I'm going to go after Frank. I'm going to bust out my longsword here, and I'm going to do it in kind of like a, hero- a heroic manner. So you're going to see me unsheath it and kind of kind of glance a little little smugly at at, uh, at Sandal over there. Smugly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And I rolled a six. So now I'm a little embarrassed in front of Sandal then after the look I gave him. Now Sandal's looking at you like, dude, we both have to get in the training camp. <laughs> You're maybe trying a little too hard to impress Sandal and you raised your sword up and swung it down and hit a tree branch instead. Yeah, actually, I think I might have just kind of uh, struck my big toe and now I'm just really embarrassed. <laughs> All right. Brief. It's time, you, time to be a hero. I think I'm going to have to go with a longbow. I'm going to aim towards Frank. I'm just hoping that he doesn't dodge three attacks in a row. I'm sorry, with an 11, you're just you're just not quite able to get a beat on him. You see uh, Spruce rise up with this dramatic gesture, and you're just like, oh my god, he's going to do it, and then he doesn't do it, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. And it just throws you off just enough that you don't quite get your bow lined up right. That's my fault. That's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brief. It's okay, guys. It's okay. You know, I'll join you. We'll, we'll, hit, the, we'll hit the bags later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're over to Sandal. I'm getting pretty tired of hearing this Grant guy's name, and I'm going to go over to him now. You know what? Let's go with the rapier and see what that does. Regrettably, it does a seven for the attack roll. This, these goblins are uh, proving you're equal. You are not able to get a, a successful attack in. Now my rotator cuff is even more torn after <laughs> swinging that rapier. Oh, no. Well, that brings us down to Frank in the turn order. Frank is going to... Uh, I think Frank is going to run up to Brief here and try for a little scimitar attack. That's an 11, though. They're taking after you guys and... Not finding a way to connect. Brief, you're able to deftly move around that sword. Grant, uh, they're going to fire an arrow at uh, Sandal this time. And a nine should miss your armor class. I feel like this time you see it coming and you actually just swat that arrow out of the air. And that brings us to Spruce. Okay, I'm going to take my longbow out and I'm going to fire at Frank once again. Oh, man, we just cannot get rid of this guy. <laughs> Obviously, I miss, and then I just, I don't know, I, I take another arrow out of my quiver and just snap it in half in frustration. <laughs> Brief, you watch your compatriots snap an arrow out of sheer frustration with this whole situation. What are you going to do? I know we've been going after Frank, but since he ran up to me for his last attack, leaves him open, I suppose, for an attempt with my longsword. Take it away. Oh no, guys! We're the we're the worst adventurers ever. <laughs> <laughs> you had a long night at the tavern, and you know, I, yeah, we're still hungover. I feel like at a minimum, you've got a new buddy here, so you're you're still winning. You guys are still up. After I miss, I'm feeling really down, and I'm looking over at a uh, spruce and sandal, and they're kind of down. I see uh, in spruce's hand that snapped arrow, but then you know, I'm like, oh man, this is not a good spot to be. But then I look over at those two fresh corpses of Reginald and Sinbad, and it gives me a little bit of hope that we can um, we can we can make it happen again. <laughs> so 
Brief on your turn, I'm going to introduce you to one of your abilities because this might help us out here. So as a bard, you have an ability called Bardic Inspiration. What that does is, as a bonus action, you can inspire uh, one of your teammates at a time. All right, Sandal, I'm giving you my Bardic Inspiration because, man, I love watching you in action. You could rotate my cuff anytime, partner. I appreciate that, Brief. <laughs> I could use it. This is in the middle of combat. So that brings us then to Sandal's turn. Sandal, you've got Grant and Frank remaining. What would you like to do? Let's go after Frank. You know, since I had bad luck with the rapier last time, I will have to bring that one out again later, but I think I'm going to reach into my back pocket and go with what I'm used to and use my slink. Just a quick note that uh, Spruce scowls in dismay when he sees that slingshot come back out. All right, so you rolled an 11. So now would be a good time to use that bardic inspiration should you choose to. Oh, man. That is an awesome hit with a seven, David. You take down this Goliath, although they're technically, I guess, the same size as you. <laughs> but your your stone flies true and strikes right between the eyes, and Frank goes down. Oh, finally! Spruce turns the sandal and says, "I've never been more proud of you." God, Thank you, brother. <laughs> so Grant, at the beginning of round six, here looks to his left, looks to his right. Sees all of his buddies are down, and it's like, well, screw this, I'm leaving. So what Grant is going to do from off in the woods uh, is just going to turn tail to the north and start running. Grant is going to take the dash action, and they are going to get 60 feet to the north of you and are running the heck away. Let's take it down to Spruce. What would you like to do on your turn? Um, okay, so I pull my longbow out. I Notch an arrow and take a shot. Ooh, a 21. A 21 is an excellent shot. Give me your damage roll. Nine damage. Nine damage. Man, you pull back your arrow and fleeing enemies, nothing makes you more angry. And uh, you let loose your arrow. It sings through the woods and strikes dead center in the back, severing the spine and dropping poor Grant. Wow. They flop down to their face. And you guys have exited combat all alive and successful. Yes. Good job. I believe if I remember correctly, Grant was the first one to fire at us. So it's only fitting. Good storytelling always ends with book ending. Very good. So you guys are now back out of combat. I'll remind you that you are on the Tribor Trail. You've been heading east towards uh, Fandolin. You came across these two horses. Uh, now that you're a little bit closer, you see that these uh, horses are riddled with black-fletched arrows, the very same arrows, you will note, that have been getting fired at you. You also notice that uh, there is a bag on the side of the road, a bag that probably looks... Maybe even a little familiar. I'm going to have each of you roll me a perception roll. With two 18s and a 10, I think all of you probably feel pretty good about recognizing this bag. This bag is very familiar. and In fact, you saw it very, very recently. And it is the bag of Gundren Rockseeker, the one who sent you on this quest. Can we look a little closer in this wreckage and see if we find a body or maybe uh, like footprints of someone being dragged away? I'll have you make an investigation roll. Okay, it looks like I rolled a 12. 
At a minimum, it's pretty obvious that there's no bodies here other than the horses, so you're not seeing Sildar or Gundren's bodies nearby. But I think, combined with your perception from earlier and your investigation now, that you can, uh, you can tell that uh, going off to the north, the direction Grant was going, uh, you see that there's a, a, a very poorly concealed trail heading away from the trail that you're on, going north into the woods. Guys, I think we may have to follow this trail. I want to look in the bag first. Oh well, yeah, what's in the bag? In the bag you find an assortment of uh, personal effects, um, just sort of, uh, you know, maybe like a couple of copper pieces and lip balm, I don't know, whatever else that a common adventurer might be carrying around with them. Uh, but you do specifically find a tube that is open, and it looks like it may have been a map case. It is now suspiciously empty. So this looks like a, a robbery turned into murder. It's just judging by all these arrows that are strewn everywhere. Or maybe robbery turned into a hostage situation. That's what I was thinking. Is there, is there any blood around the bag or around any of the belongings that were left behind? It looks like the horses have been dead for about a day. Um, so there's not really any clear evidence uh, of whose blood it is. You definitely find blood around, though. It just, you know, is it dwarf blood? Is it horse blood? It's real hard to tell. Well, then I think we definitely got to hit the trail because, like, I'm still feeling a little bit hurt. I mean, again, Spruce, thank you for that healing spell. So I don't, I'm not feeling as much of that arrow and scimitar blow. I'm still, I'm not 100%, but here's the thing. I want those 10 gold pieces. So if we got to follow this scary looking trail so we can find my best friend who I introduced you guys to at the tavern. Um, then we got to do it. Well, and, and if there, if there's a point along this trail that, that we can take a rest, I'm, I'm probably going to need that because I'm barely able to stand at this point. All right. So that brings us to the next D and D mechanic to introduce you to the concept of resting. So you have all these resources available, like spell slots and hit points and whatnot, which you're obviously expending as you go through combat, but you need a way to get them back. There are two types of resting available in Dungeons & Dragons. You can do a short rest or a long rest. What a short rest is, is you hang around doing really no major strenuous activity. You could take a nap, you could play cards, however you want to play it out, but you have to get a full hour of rest in. What a hour of rest gets you is you can spend what's called hit dice. In your character sheet, you'll see that you have two of these right now because you are level two. You get one per level. So in this particular case, you guys have your D6s and D8s. In a short rest, you can roll one or two of those and then get that many hit points back. If you decided you wanted to take a long rest instead, that's eight hours of continuous rest. Out here in the wild, you have the chance of having a random encounter. In other words, maybe some more goblins walk by, or who knows what else might happen. Uh, but if you can successfully complete eight hours of long resting, that'll get you basically back to completely fresh. I just want to point out, just kind of on a comfort level thing, there are like seven bodies and two dead horses, two day-old dead horses around here. So I don't know if we want to spend eight hours just kind of laying next to all this. It might get a little stinky. Well, also just the safety factor of we're clearly close to some kind of camp, I would assume, if that if Grant, that goblin or whatever they were, felt so inclined to make a run for it. And we have two dead horses, which were probably the guys that hired us. So based on what we know, it seems like they were taken probably somewhere nearby. So I would not 
feel comfortable either sleeping for eight hours uh, here, you know? Yeah, and I do need to attempt to uh, get some hit points back, though, so I, I need to take a short rest. I'm down. That sounds good. Uh, as mentioned, for a short rest, what you're going to do is you're going to roll your hit die, uh, and you can roll one or two of them, and whatever you get, you get that back for hit points. So I would get ten hit points back. I got nine back. Okay, so I rolled a seven, so I'm back at 15, which is my maximum. Do we get anything else with a short rest, or are we just getting uh, hit points back? Uh, you know, a little peace of mind, maybe. I did a, a new drawing for some illustrations I'm working on, still trying to get in that message board game. I like that, I like that. I brought my, my bands, I'm doing some rotator cuff exercises, trying to get that <laughs> rehab back together. <laughs> I love that, I love that. And I'm kind of reflect. I'm kind of sitting under a tree, both keeping watch on either side, making sure we're okay, and also kind of taking a moment to reflect on our battle, trying, because I did use my bardic inspiration, so I'm trying to think about, since that was our first big combat together as a trio, I wanted to kind of try and uh, maybe think of a song, maybe to use for next time, maybe a song based on what just went down. Oh, wow. Is it called Sandals Slingshot? <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, we were uh, we were transporting a wagon as well. Are we are we still take, taking the wagon with us down this, this trail, or is it is it fit for a wagon to travel on? I can tell you that the, tra uh, the trail that you're going to move off onto, if you do decide to pursue the uh, direction Grant was going, it's a little too narrow for a wagon. Would I be able to... Uh, take the spruce mobile and, and scout ahead a little bit before we fully abandon the wagon. Oh yeah, sure. That might be a good idea because I kind of feel like we're in a situation where if we just continue on our merry way, I don't know if we're going to be finding the guy that's supposed to pay us, if you know what I mean. So I'm not sure how much of a point there would even be to go. So I kind of like that idea. Maybe we'll leave the wagon here. Sandal and I can watch it. And you can go scout ahead, see what we might be dealing with. And maybe, if we're lucky, maybe you can even find out a little bit more about what happened to our boss as well. And maybe what the deals with that random bag laying around was. I'll take the Spruceville then and I'll, uh, I'll scout ahead. Very good. So you start heading uh, just a little bit north here. And uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about your journey. Are you like... Are you going like full tilt? Are you uh, trotting along? Are you like keeping a close eye on the ground? Are you walking or riding? I think I'm in a good a good half trot. I, I'm aware that we were just attacked, so I don't want to move too fast and risk you know running into a trap or something like that. But I also don't want to move too slow in, in case uh, in case you know anybody's trying to escape or anything like that. How far down the trail do you think you want to go? Let's go let's go about a mile and a half just to make sure the immediate area is pretty clear. Uh so you are proceeding north here and uh as you get a little further away from the Tribor Trail, you see that there the goblins were a little bit less cautious as they got further away. Uh so their the tracks and whatnot are a little more clear. After about a mile and a half of traveling, you see that the trail continues on, but actually why don't I have you make me a, a perception roll here? Oof, I'm just a smart cookie. Dang. Well, the 23, you you perceive all of time and space at once. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you look down and you think, all right, well, I've gone, I've gone pretty far here. I don't want to get too far away from my friends, but I should investigate a little bit. And what you find are two things. First of all, you notice that the... Uh, the trail that's going north here is easily been used by a lot more than four goblins, probably more like about a dozen that have been coming and going. This clearly is a 
well-used ambush point on the Tribor Trail, and there's definitely some kind of hideout to the north of you. As a former uh, as a former vigilante, that kind of makes my blood boil, the fact that these people may be attacking innocents every day on this trail. Mm-hmm. On the regular. You do also notice, as you step down from your horse and investigate a little closer, that uh, there definitely looks like some dragging marks. It's hard to tell. It's a little indistinct. But it seems as though at least one, and maybe more like two, uh, creatures, humanoids of some kind, have been dragged up this trail. Well, I guess it's it's pretty clear in my mind then that I need to get my friends and, and we need to investigate this trail further. Uh, perhaps most importantly, you notice one last thing before you go with your massive 23 perception roll. Uh, you notice that your luck is very much holding out today. You had stopped your horse, the Spruce Mobile, just before a snare trap that had been set by these goblins in this trail. Had you proceeded much further, the rope would have been caught up around a horse's leg and probably dragged it up into the tree, so uh, you're feeling pretty good about avoiding this uh, this demise. Can I, uh, can I go ahead and disable that so nobody else is hurt? Absolutely. Anybody, you know, any innocent bystanders passing by? You uh, pull out your blade and hack your way through the rope, uh, and this snare trap is no longer an issue. A mile and a half away, Sandal and I, it's just one of those things where we don't know why, but we just kind of both go, hell yeah. We just start nodding. We just feel it. We feel it. As a goblin, I have, you know, bigger than average ears, so I can, I'm able to pick up sounds. And, and since that snare trap was set by goblins, I, I, I'm just, I know what it sounds like when a snare trap is sprung. Because you, you used to disabled. set those, didn't you, I used Sandal? to set those to get, to get giants, yeah. So, yeah, I heard it, and I'm proud. All right, so you're going to head back, and you are going to reconnect with your friends. You know, you maybe give your uh, bird call signal as you come up the road so they know it's you, uh, and you rejoin the party. What would you like to would you like to say to them? Well, I, I, first of all, I, I let them know that it's, it's pretty clear this is a, a regular ambush spot. Like, I could see a bunch of tracks, a lot of goblins are moving in and out of this area, and also... There were two drag mark guys where uh, where it looks like some some hostages may have been dragged away. So I think it's worth our time to go ahead and follow this trail. Well, we're going to need to figure out, based on what you told us about the snares, I don't think we want to be bringing our horses. And obviously, we can't really bring the wagon any further into this uh, in, along this trail here. So what do we want to do here? Do we want to try and maybe conceal it to a degree or i'm not sure how well we can do that but either way we're gonna to have to leave some stuff behind that's what i was gonna say maybe we can cut some branches and try to camouflage it a little bit cover it up i think that's a good idea and i'm also going to go ahead and just dismount the spruce mobile and kind of slap its butt a little bit and send it back to town just to get it out of harm's way oh wow so kind of you the spruce mobile gives you like the cool guy head nod and heads on back to town Well, the Spruce Mobile is on his way safely back to town. That's where we're going to leave things off today. The three of us will prepare for the next leg of our journey coming in part two. And I think this may be the first to be continued edition of the Arnie's. Wow. I'm excited. I know. The mystery is palpable. What's going to happen? Where are we going to go next? I don't know. I don't have the answers, guys. 
but I know I'm excited. And everybody out there, if you enjoyed this, you're just going to have to come back to see how it unfolds. I hope we can get paid. I really need those gold coins, man. Like, really fucking bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing well. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, that really is the best way to help us continue to grow this show. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We will be back next week for the continuation of our ongoing James Bond series and review, Skyfall. And Dungeons and Dragons Part 2 will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, please go check out Nick and his podcast. He is the dungeon master on the Very Good Adventuring Team. You can check out their website. That's thevgateam.com. And also hit them up on Twitter, at VGATeam. Please go check them out. We could not have done this episode without him. Yeah, go throw Nick some love. We could not have done this episode without him, without a dungeon master, and he surpassed all my expectations. He was so great. Obviously, listening to this episode, you guys won't hear this part, but we basically had to be on the recording like an hour early just to have him explain everything, how the site worked, and he just ex- he did great. Like He made us feel really comfortable. He was a great guest. He was real fun. He was real funny. So yeah, definitely go throw him and that team some love. Yeah, and I guess we'll pull back the curtain a little bit more. I just randomly reached out to Nick on Reddit. I had no idea what to expect, stranger danger from the internet and all that, but he <laughs> blew us all away. He was fantastic, and we definitely could not have done this episode without him. Yeah, it's only going to get better from here, so make sure you stay tuned for that part too. So like Austin said, we will be back for this D&D continuation in two weeks, and he said next week we will continue James Bond with Skyfall, so that'll be very fun. And in the meantime, stay tuned, because if you are a fan of WandaVision, we are reviewing each and every episode. Check your podcast feeds, because every Sunday we will put out our latest review for the latest episode of WandaVision that came out a couple days before, so make sure you follow us, guys, because... Man, we're really liking this mystery as it unravels, and it sounds like it's going to get even crazier as things go forward. So check out that series with us. We're going to have some fun continuing to break that down. And check us out on Instagram at The Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and future episodes. Give us your theories on WandaVision. Also remember to catch up on our James Bond series. So go back, watch Casino Royale, watch Quantum, and look forward to Skyfall. And remember to send us your uh, Dungeons and Dragons character. Oh, that's right. How would you fit into our story, do you think? Let us know. Yeah, send us your characters, send us your backstories. We want to read them, and we want to find out about who you play as. What would you have done differently? Let us know. We we need more practice. So those out there that are more seasoned with D&D, let us know. What did we do wrong? What did we mess up in your eyes? Because we need to know so we can be better for next time. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us today. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.